0: Say, die podcast. Can can you introduce this one? Why? Because I always mess up and you tell me it's boring. <sighs> but I'm too business-like.
1: Alright youth, welcome to Never Said Die Podcast. <laughs> I know they said it wrong then. I know it's a gallery podcast. Um oh. Yeah, we're back for a, a special episode. I say special, it was because we couldn't figure out what we we're doing. I wanted to do special. I wanted to do uh, English Bastards and you wanted to do...
0: Reservoir Dogs.
1: So we we settled on a settled on a Quentin Tarantino special. Um, I'm not the hugest fan of Quentin. I don't think I ever will be. Just what I don't. I like,
0: thought you were.
1: I don't like his views. A lot of his views. I think he's a bit.
0: Oh, in what way?
1: He's a bit mm Hmm. Okay. A bit. He has a bit of a rough time, I think, with the film community. Every, yeah. I think everyone respects him. He's like Godfather of film. He is. But I think also there's a part a. a A small percentage of the community that thinks he's a bit too brash. eh? Is that the word? Too brash. Mm -hmm. He is. Like the fact that he don't want to uh, shoot undergul. He just wants to shoot film. I get that. We'll get into that. But yeah, this episode's about Tarantino. Tarantino special, as always. We have Laura, who's going to be fairly quiet because she's poorly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we're talking about Quentin Tarantino. um, All these films that we've watched.
0: We haven't which watched is, all of them, have we? Which is a
1: fair, we've watched a fair amount. Uh, we've not watched a lot of his earlier stuff.
0: Looking down the list, there's only two that we definitely haven't seen.
1: Uh, I def- I've not seen his earlier stuff, which I'm not that bothered about anyway, to be fair. Um, and you'd be lucky to know, I was talking to one of my friends about this, Connor, you know Connor,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that when you mention QT, every, every single man and his dog will say Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And that's not my favourite film at all. I like mm. it. I can respect it. I respect what he's done for like pop culture and stuff. Yeah, definitely. But I don't think it's my favourite film at all.
0: No, it's not mine either. But um, everyone I can
1: raves see where about people it. People coming
0: from. Yeah.
1: I think if you mention Quentin Tarantino to anybody, like household name, people oh yeah, I think production.
0: *Pulp Fiction* is the one that comes straight into your head, isn't it? Surely.
1: Whereas I don't think that's his best one. So I think if, if someone says to me, this, is, I guess it's kind of rude, but if someone says to me, "Oh, I'll watch," uh, if I say, i like, oh, watch your favourite film, Quentin Tarantino film, or somebody, and they go, oh, Pulp Fiction, I'm like, well, you've not seen any of the Quentin Tarantino films. That's what I say, because I, th- I feel like a lot of people will say, if it genuinely is, and you've seen a lot of Tarantino films, then fair enough, but I don't believe that it's his best work at all. I mean, you've just got to look at, like, Hateful Eight and the cinematography of, like, that, compared to, I guess it's a different era, but compare that to Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, a little bit of a different storyline, but... Very well shot. I like what Pulp Vision does in story, but I'm going to get into it.
0: No, that's fair enough. So I thought that we'd go through them all in the order of release.
1: Oh, okay. I thought well, we were go through the order nice. of what we've seen, but that's fair enough.
0: Oh, I will not even know where to start with the order that we've watched them in.
1: Yeah, we watched two this week though. Yeah. Okay, go them.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm not going to have all my facts and figures like I normally would do, because there's a lot. So I mean, no, we always gonna... deviate
1: from it, so it makes no difference. Yeah, though, so we always deviate nice from, from the cash. plot.
0: Um, but that's alright, doing it in chronological order, because we get to start with my favourite one, Reservoir Dogs.
1: Which, I, we really watched, didn't we? I, I'm i a huge, as everybody knows who watches this, and it goes out to it. I prefer physical media, so. Yeah. I did, did we watch it online first? And then we bought it again? Yes, yeah. so we watched it online first, and then I bought it again, recently. But I made yeah. you buy it, you bought the special edition <laughs> yeah. of it, which is cool. It was a nice, like, I, I suppose you could put an Instagram over time of this. So yeah. If you go on the Instagram, you'll see a photo of the special edition, which is cool. It's in like a gas canister, and then you put out oh, second like box of matches, which is cool. But yeah, yeah this is your cool. first Tarantino film.
0: I'm pretty sure it was my first Tarantino film.
1: When and where did you watch it?
0: Oh, I think you let me the DVD because you've got like a DVD box set.
1: I did, yeah. So I remember that, and you wrecked it. <laughs> yeah. You wrecked it. I still it, don't think you've
0: got them all back together. No, it. I
1: haven't. You broke the cardboard for the collector's edition box, or your brother did. One oh, of the it two. must have
0: only been a little bit.
1: No, it weren't. It was because I've got half the DVDs in a rack over there. You broke the cardboard for the the, the full DVD go. selection. He's and, off. The, and then you and then <laughs> each individual one of them, and then your brother, who I know retweeted this the other day or reshared it, left the discs out like he does normally. and That's why his games and PlayStation stuff get wrecked because he doesn't put things back. Well, anyway. That's what happened. That was before you even lived with me, and that was like
0: oh, five years ago. ago. Um, well, if you hadn't have lent it me, then I never would have discovered that I really love this film. And Is that the
1: first time you watched it then, ever?
0: Yeah. That was I like don't even like think I'd really watched ago. any Tarantino up until then. Um. But yeah, I, and then I was a bit sad the other night when we rewatched it and you really didn't like it. You were really struggling to get through it, weren't you?
1: I don't remember when and where I'd seen it. It might have been even with that DVD collection. I, I was never. A, I, know, I don't think growing up I've ever been a massive Tarantino fan because as much as his work branches out into like a bit of horror, a bit of Japanese culture, it kind of fits in a lot of his style. The films that he watches in his younger career kind of like mm-hmm. expressed throughout his films and what he's created. Whereas for me, I don't think I was ever that bothered about Tarantino just because there were big films out there. No. Like Freddy yeah. and like Friday 13, Stuff that I will arguably sit down and watch over and over again or cartoon
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: so I don't think I ever latched onto Tarantino early um, I think you either you have a lovely more rating like, like Biscoff and Marmite
0: <laughs> yeah it is that sort of vibe but um, this is the thing with me because like you've loved films like basically your whole life since you were little whereas I've really only gone to it in a big way recently I'd say and so I
1: think you always uh, watched them we've always had like cinema cards and stuff
0: oh yeah but at, at, at the point when I watched Reservoir Dogs like I wasn't big into cinema at all
1: no you probably like just, the
0: films weren't a big part of my life like obviously you're bigger I watched in them, music but,
1: though than anything
0: yeah music's more my thing than films was so when I watched Reservoir Dogs uh, to me I'd never seen anything like it before even though you know we're still talking like not that long ago recently and this was released in when was it 92 <laughs>
1: Oh, super low budget. I don't oh, yeah. Th- it wasn't his. I think it was his first, like, feature. I'm looking there. There's. Uh, this is,
0: no, this is him full on directing. I think he'd written he, he, did a, he
1: did a short called Love, Birds and Bondage. And then My, Bas- My Best Friend's Birthday, which is written by him, I don't think. He wrote quite a bit as well, mm-hmm. which is like strange True
0: Romance and. Oh, what's it called? Natural Born Killers, is Natural it? Natural
1: Born Killers so quite a few people have done <coughs> Jesus Christ quite a few mm. stuff has been wrote by him he's not accredited or credited for a lot of stuff or two he, he doesn't credit mm. himself in Reservoir Dogs either no I don't think you know it. did you know that oh
0: don't you no, sure
1: doesn't, he doesn't credit, credit himself as a writer I think he oh, credits right. himself as Mr Brown doesn't he yes he wouldn't credit himself as a writer or a director oh no he's his directed directed at the start his classic opening sequence directed by Quentin Tarantino so yeah his first film I don't think I'd I, zero budget I think well I don't I, I dare say zero budget I think when, well, it, when we researched it, it, the budget came from him starring as Elvis Presley in some TV shows. That's what I've read online. Yeah,
0: and also Harvey Keitel helped him out as well. He right. came on board as a co-producer. Um, so there was a
1: little bit, but you can tell it was very short though, because I think the in overall, there's about six different sequences in location. There's not a lot at all.
0: No, well, from what I read, if it wasn't for Harvey Keitel coming on board, then the budget would have been $30,000 and he would have been shooting it with his friends. So Harvey got him up to about one and a half million. That was the sort of ballpark figure they were looking out for making it.
1: Which is still, I guess, I guess when I say low, it's low compared into comparison of what film there is.
0: And um, from what I read, he also helped him host casting auditions in New York, which is how he found Tim Roth, Michael Madsen and Steve Buscemi.
1: Who's arguably? So, I think Steve's the best best person. I
0: think people. he's great in there. I like Mr. his Pink.
1: filmography anyway. I like him as a person, so I guess I think that's my really favourite.
0: I think he really brings something to it.
1: What's the? Um, is it Roth, the British guy?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What, Mr. Orange, you so get what, shot.
1: I when we first watched it again, the other day, it's Probably been five years since I watched that particular film. got to be when at least probably over five years since I gave you that DVD.
0: Yeah.
1: Now. I, I I said the other day that he looks like who's the guy of, of Trainspotting? I can't remember his name.
0: Oh, I'm not going to be able to think of his name. Now. I'll try and
1: Google him quickly. But um, and the guy
0: was in Full Monty as well. Scottish yeah, guy.
1: Yeah, he, he, he really Robert really looks Robert Carlyle. Robert Carlyle. Full Monty, which is filmed. Yeah, no, it's not. It's a trivia show. I'm going to buzz you. You're not going to have to You're not going to shout it out. I want one. But yeah, he does look like Robert Carlyle. Yeah, I think that they're like could be similar hair. It might be the hair that does it, but Full Monty filmed in Sheffield, which is for any film fans that are out there. It's
0: also one of my favourites. I put that on when I'm sad.
1: <laughs> we could do a Full Monty episode. Maybe a lot of American audiences have not heard of Full Monty. That might be quite Oh, fun.
0: it's such a cool um, film.
1: But yeah, Full Monty filmed in Sheffield, which is, no, near it's got nothing to do with Quintertime too, not at all, but no. still. Um, So yeah, Roger Wardogs. I'm not about to go into ratings. I don't feel like we should rate stuff anymore. I'm over that bit.
0: No, yeah, me too. I like it's so subjective. I just love this film because everyone looks super cool. Like, oh,
1: there's there's some cool cool trivia facts in that. Name Which is Steve Buscemi's not got trousers on; he's got jeans on or something. Oh yeah, that was that the thing. All their like all their yeah, suits are their own
0: suits. If you like all your little fun movie facts and a little bit behind the scenes, then watch the is it QT8 documentary. Yeah. It's available on Amazon Prime.
1: We quite enjoyed that. yesterday. It's something yeah.
0: like an hour and forty minutes or something like that. And they, they go through all the films and they talk to you know Sam L Jackson, Michael Madsen, all people like that. And then. Um, and Michael Madsen was saying that for this film, because obviously the budget wasn't there for costume and stuff, Quentin asked them to wear their own suits. Um, and Michael was saying that his trousers and jacket didn't match, didn't really fit. And Steve was just wearing jeans; he didn't even have suit trousers.
1: That's why the cowboy boots come into it with a pocket yeah. cowboy boots because he didn't have uh, dress shoes. I like stuff like that. It shows like where he's come from.
0: But then that helped because then Michael had somewhere to hide the razor blade that he was going to talk to the cop with in oh, his cowboy boots can we
1: move on from Reservoir Dogs there is some. There is a deleted scene in shorts. We shorts did we watch quite a bit of the no it wasn't it was Inglorious <laughs>
0: Passes
1: we watched the, oh, those, the behind the scenes stuff
0: yeah before we move on can I just it's my favourite ever slow motion walking scene and it's if anyone can name like a better slow motion well. walking scene the only people that have got that have nailed slow motion walking for me is Peaky Blinders I've not know. seen it. They,
1: they could be like a... You want to be a part of that
0: gang. You want to be involved in that heist and you want to walk down the street in your sunglasses looking cool as fuck. I don't want
1: to be on my heist because I end up on the floor and covered in blood. I a very disproportionate a amount of blood. Yeah, exactly. It shouldn't <laughs> come out of no person's body <laughs> either. Um, but yeah, the, um, the, the the whole scene, was filmed in like... It's filmed in film, which, again, I touched on the start of the intro. Tarantino arguably only films will only film in film. By that I mean like the format. It will never film in digital. Um... Everything's been shot in 35mm up until this recent stuff we just shot in 70, which gives it that more cinematic sort of like 21st century look. I like 35mm film. We're going to see more uh, Clerks. I keep showing up more apps. We're going to see Clerks at uh, the Prince Charles Theatre in 35mm, which I'm really excited for. Um, I do like 35mm. You do yeah. get that very good like film you aspect. See,
0: I, th- I thought you like that about him because you oh, are no. very old school but like this
1: But this is where I want to get to it. It can be done tasteful. Or it can be done Tarantino by Tarantino. He does no rules. He doesn't care about what anybody else thinks. He does what he wants to. Do you mean think, that like is he's like. doing it
0: in a cocky way? Like I'm not conforming to the digital. I think era. that's
1: what it feels like now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As soon as we move to because if you think like a digital Tarantino film would be fucking brilliant, I think it'd be great. I don't think filming 35mm's got anything to do with oh I'm Tarantino. I think that he doesn't doesn't want to conform, and I feel like that's what makes him Tarantino as well
0: yeah I don't, I don't but
1: think it this, is, this is where like his personality where i start to switch a little bit on it uh, there was a bit recently with um i think it was christopher nolan and him had a bit of a tiff now i'm all for tarantino and i like him but he has his cocky arrogance about him there's a, there's like a behind the scenes video or like a a, um, a journalist filming him i don't think you've seen this you might have there's a journalist filming on his phone and the journalist was like oh tarantino what are you up to today and Quentin's out getting mm. coffee so it's just getting oh, right, coffee okay. it's, it's like in Canada somewhere it's like snowy and basically Tarantino look, it kind of looks like the paparazzi's bullying which I mean you're a star you should kind of understand that um, I'm not saying that's right I'm just saying like that's what happens um, and Quentin basically punches this camera guy in the face like full on punches him so he's yeah, got a short temper you can see that by looking at the blow like, you look at Tarantino you're like that guy's got a bit of a short temper like, you can tell he
0: um, seems very like energised all the time Sort
1: of yeah and i mean every actor that i've ever seen do an interview talk about him i've said they love working with him and stuff yeah. but i'm not i'm not i'm not shitting on him i just think tantino's got a, a little bit somewhere of a short views and i think like some of his acting well i don't even it's not a united Times because he produces good film it's kind of like me talking about um shining
0: yeah
1: it's like the way that that was directed it's kind of the same way, like I, I feel like Tarantino's now stuck in this little bit of a past thing. We're in a loophole of Tarantino shit, but I'm just saying I think he's stuck <laughs> in this like little bit of a, a passing of what he wants to be remembered by in fair play if he's making money shooting thirty five million or seventy mil, let him do it.
0: I just think that whether you love or hate him as a director and what he does, you you know the films are great.
1: No, they are. I'm not saying they're not. I'm, not, I'm just saying No, no. I, I think that he could be better if he shot on
0: But digital. Don't shit on the films just because you don't particularly. No, no. What I'm I'm not sure oh, no, I'm just saying in general. Move on. <laughs> okay. So basically Reservoir Dogs got shown at Cannes, blew up, everyone loved it. And then it went into making Pulp Fiction. Everyone wanted to know Tarantino, be involved. And then straight into Pulp Fiction in ninety four, two years later. Witch. Which again blew Everybody's. up and became an instant cult classic.
1: So it's not it's not one of them films where it took a couple of years. I think it's still, it holds its own now. Pulp fiction does hold its own now. Um yeah. I don't want to stay on publishing for too long because personally I don't enjoy it that much. I like the story. I I'll still
0: don't really know what it's about. <laughs> it's not really got. I
1: think there's like four or five stories in one. And there? there's yeah,
0: not... interchangeable I like, I like the direction like,
1: of it. Does it hold my attention? No, I should go like that that's as a film the fan.
0: thing. I can't really remember how it ends or anything. I know that they're in the diner, but there's like a little grey area that I can't really remember. If you put, like if the, put
1: it to me now, and the last quarter of tell you. no, because I haven't watched it in. Four years.
0: I think I've only watched it all the way through, like, once, maybe twice. I just I don't sort of get stuck. I, I, I just,
1: maybe it's the, the side of me that's I'm very much like that. Like, if someone's like, oh, fucking hell, I think this film's best thing I give it its attention, but if I don't like it, I'm not about to fucking give it its praise. No. So Because everyone raves about it. I don't yeah. rave about it.
0: I don't rave about it, but it is great. And I really love John yeah, really, Travolta in there.
1: Every man and his dog has now got a Pulp Fiction print in the living room. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I, I guarantee you, you've only seen one Tarantino film and you've only liked it because...
0: Everyone dresses up as Mia Wallace for Halloween. And yeah,
1: exactly. All these like Walter. slutty girls that do not know anything hey. about film, they don't like film, will dress up as it. Just because they've seen it once. It's like,
0: oh my God, she,
1: she takes drugs. Like, fuck off. Like, Just do fucking... Yeah. Go and do your old classic slutty, I don't know, <laughs> fucking horse or cat or whatever they dress horse. up Horse? I don't know. <laughs>
0: I've never seen anyone dress up as a horse for Halloween. I'm just saying, fucking...
1: About. People do it too so often. Leave cult film alone. These look like university girls. Leave cult film alone. Go dress up as a horse or a spider <laughs> or whatever you do for Halloween. Leave <laughs> decent film characters alone. No one's
0: dressing up as a spider. I don't know.
1: Either way, I, we're stuck again. Let's move on. But Pulp Fiction.
0: Hang on, because... I I really love the Sam L. Jackson John Travolta combo in there. I think that's fantastic.
1: Anyway, again, it's the mate... There is... One of my favourite scenes probably cleaning, cleaning brains off. I like I like that.
0: That's great.
1: Also... What do you think's in the suitcase? We had the conversation earlier. What do you think's in the suitcase? Because no, Tarantino's in an interview said somewhere that you, it's for the audience to decide. Because you never see it actually what's in it as far as I'm aware. No. Tarantino, so I read somewhere that Tarantino said "Oh, it's up to like, the audience's depiction of whatever you think's in the this suitcase. This is
0: where I think people get carried away. And I, like ages ago, I've not looked at anything recently, but people run about saying it's Marcellus Wallace's soul because he's got a plaster on the back of his neck as if it's been extracted somehow and that he now carries it around in the suitcase. But then...
1: Nah, Big Mike.
0: But then there's that bit in the diner, in the Whopper, where um, Tim Roth's looking in the suitcase and he's like, oh, is that what I think it is?" Which makes me think it's some sort of it's a object.
1: No, it's a Whopper, yeah. It's a burger.
0: But I don't see why that's so... It's a Whopper. Prestigious. It's a
1: Royale with cheese hmm right yeah with cheese yeah it's a whopper, can straight up cool.
0: well we'll never know will we but maybe
1: either way pulp fiction cult classic
0: definitely watch it
1: yeah i don't think anybody's not watched it i think at that point no one's going to this podcast for film recommendations at all <laughs> someone's going in just because they enjoy well, it the either way um, but yeah, pool Fishing, I didn't enjoy it as much as I should have done, um, I still don't, I think it's an alright film, mm. it's great to put in the background, good Sunday afternoon film, Sky show it loads, so if you missed out you'll definitely see it on Sky, um, if not, buy it on Blu-ray, support physical media.
0: Exactly, then we're going to have to skip one because it's Jackie Brown next in 97 and we haven't seen it.
1: I reckon I've seen it, and I've got it on DVD, don't I? Have you? Yeah. It's,
0: it's,
1: it's, in, it's in this set. Jackie Brown is... Li- yeah, I can literally see Jackie Brown next to Oh, <laughs> <in there. laughs> well,
0: then I've got literally no excuses for not watching it. So I
1: can literally see Jackie Brown. Um, skip over it, because like, I, I can't physically put... Quentin Tarantino special. I mean, we've only watched, like, four of them, but I can't, I I can't got, physically mention...
0: I've got the little um, the little description. It's another American crime film. There's so one, it's one still I the watched recently, but it. I don't think it's Jackie Brown. Um, basically, a flight attendant is caught smuggling gun money and has to choose between teaming up with the cops to bust their arms dealer boss or keeping her mouth shut and going to jail. That's a general vibe. But again, I've not seen it, but I know that people really like it.
1: I can't remember seeing it. I think I probably have. I can't remember seeing it though.
0: So we're just going to casually slide past that one. Yeah, move,
1: move past it as quick as possible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Straight into Kill Bill.
1: Which, arguably, one and two. Now, one and two, they don't really, Kill Bill is just one film that's what it was meant to be one film
0: but because it was going to be like over four hours long um, Miramax made him chop it in half
1: big old Miramax um so yeah volume one and two I really enjoyed uh, one of arguably the best women fight scenes. Tarantino does that fucking brilliantly he's empowering women inside a film which I think is great um He's also a bit creepy. We'll touch, we'll touch on the old feet subject later on because that's weird.
0: I'm not really sure about... I'll wow, tell you that's some I stuff think...
1: about that. Okay. Um, but Kill Bill, <laughs> yeah, volume one and two. Really enjoyed it. It's got a lot of... I love it. Yeah, it's got a lot of like hints from you know international cinema. Yes. It's got a lot of iconic scenes. A lot of it was mm-hmm. done... All the practical effects were done in camera, which I fucking love.
0: Yeah, no special effects.
1: Love that love no cgi well i
0: say no
1: special effects i mean no cgi yeah, yeah i love no cgi i love, I love everything done in, in character um and i think that's what quentin does very good after i, I guess uh, i don't know pulp fiction does that well reservoir digs which is first first like major one so after kill bill volume one and two that's when we start to see proper visual effects mm. i'm talking like blood and gore i'm talking like ceilings full buildings for like i'm talking proper cool special effects now that's what i like about tarantino everything's done in camera um, but yeah volume one and two i really enjoyed one of the arguably the best women fight scenes of all time we rewatched the scene the other day i think i showed it yeah um it's when she smashes her through the glass table in the living room
0: yeah and which, then the kid comes out from school
1: love that fucking scene think it's brilliant um yeah what do you enjoy about kill bill
0: i in i really enjoy the strong female lead characters and that whole story of revenge and that she's so hell-bent on it that literally nothing's going to get in her way. Even the fact that the, the first assassin that she goes to kill has got a daughter that's just coming from school doesn't... You know what I mean? She's still hell-bent on that mission and that you're going to die no matter what.
1: I think it's very stylized.
0: Yeah, but I like I really that.
1: like. Um, the bride-like, the way that... I get well, yeah. I guess it's breaking for The way that she talks to so that she, she like, as a, a commentary throughout the film. I yeah, like that. It kind sort of keeps of you in the loop with it. I'm trying to think what else is there's a lot of like hidden Easter eggs in Kill Bill 2, which I think is great. Again, we're not gonna, I've been, I'm not gonna research at all as normal. Um, so I'm not gonna pull any out of the bag. But I think that's cool about it. Um, I, I enjoy that everyone speaks highly of it. I don't think it gets as much praise as Pulp fiction. No, do you not? I think it should.
0: I think that, like, Uma Uma Thurman's character, the bride, is, you know, one of his iconic characters. I think she's probably one of cinema's most iconic characters
1: one of cinema's most iconic you know, like you know, even female if you've not, leads, even maybe. if you've
0: not seen the film if you see uma thurman in that outfit then you know straight away that it's kill bill
1: which i think again shoot me down if i'm mm-hmm. wrong but i think it's bruce lee i, don't, I dare say Enter the dragon yeah it, 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 something it is. like
0: that it is a bruce lee film but i can't remember which
1: yeah one. so bruce lee is who, who i've not I, I do like bruce lee i like action films but i've not seen a lot of bruce lee stuff um,
0: um
1: i like his philosophy on film i like his martial arts yeah. film so. You
0: see, I really, I really love like martial arts stunts and that whole vibe, but I've never ventured into that genre of film at all. I've not seen anything Bruce Lee or anything sort of classic, so that's something that I'd like to work on.
1: Bruce Lee references.
0: Yeah, because I, I do really enjoy it.
1: So, yeah, uh, volume one and two, then, as a whole, enjoy it. I think definitely... Great cast again. If you're a Quarantine Tarantino fan, you've definitely seen it. If it's... I'd arguably say if somebody says i what Tarantino film should I watch first I'd probably say volume one and two yeah I think it's a very good start it's, it's not too easy. complicated no, it's quite uh, easy to watch
0: it is easy to watch it flows really nicely I think like they are quite long they've got to be you know just over two hours but the, the flow is great you don't feel stuck or waiting for something to happen it's pretty full on the whole time yeah I'd say. awesome yeah definitely um, then we're on to another one that we haven't seen but I don't know why we haven't seen it because it seems right up our street which is Death Proof 2007
1: We know the story of it.
0: Have you seen it?
1: Probably at some point. Again, I don't ever record. This is right
0: up our street because we love sort of like slasher films.
1: I know, I don't know why. I think it's one of those films that I think you struggle to watch. It's kind of like You and Aliens, though. You think? Yeah, like, I fucking love the Alien franchise. I love sci-fi, anything like that. Yet, you haven't seen them all. I think you've even seen Mm, number
0: one. No, I haven't.
1: So, like, that down, it's like, it's that, that's the problem with it. I think, once you, once you get films like Death Proof, you're like, you've either seen it or you've not. And I think it, it's very hard to then go back and watch it. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I have. Again, I've got them all on fucking Blu-ray. Well, uh, we've got quite a collection on Blu-ray. I've definitely got them all on DVD. I can see them all from here. So. I don't know why mm-hmm. i
0: have to it. But if you're not familiar with Death Proof, then...
1: We've seen trailers and stuff, so we know what it's
0: we about. We've seen trailers. This is about a Hollywood stuntman played by Kurt Russell who kills women and makes it look like a car accident in his car. Um, his plan works for several years until he meets a group of girls who are all set to fight back. So, again, great female lead, strong characters. Um, what I really like in this one is that Zoe Bell, who has been the stuntwoman throughout... Yeah, say that. Well, at least since Kill Bill. I don't know if she's been in any before. Um, she's usually like Uma Thurman's stunt double um, she acted in this film and also did all the stunts the, again in the QTA documentary she touches on the scene where it's a big car chase between the girls and Kurt Russell and she's sort of like stuck on the bonnet strapped down and um,
1: she had to cover her face didn't she yeah she's like I spent all my career covering my face whereas like now
0: that was the one thing so they did this whole long car chase scene and then Quentin's like what's wrong with this what's wrong with this scene and, um, and then so realised that you can't see her face.
1: Yeah. So well, that's that's been a job reshoot. this whole time. <laughs> so they just tied her hair back. Because, like, yeah. as a stunt woman, she's used to trying to do anything to cover her face. whether it be an arm, I do objects, herself, her hair, or whatever, to try and cover her to look like somebody else? So, yeah, she had to reshoot that. Um, cool film. I can see it. Is it, is it, it, it done cool. by Grindhouse? What do I just see on that? I see, I, I see something on your your screen that says Grindhouse, which obviously do a lot of cult horror stuff. So I know no idea if it was. I probably not. Probably butchered that. It just says Grindhouse now.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does.
1: Which is cool. Grindhouse do a lot of cool stuff.
0: Mm,
1: um, them, don't yeah. Shout out to Death Proof. We probably should watch it at some point. Uh, we just okay. haven't. Again, this is not about to be uh, what have you watched Tarantino special. Mm, it's, no. it's just kind of a whole 45 minute hour talk about Tarantino, I guess. So, yeah.
0: Um, Next. Then we're into your favorite, Inglorious Bastards, in two
1: thousand and nine. Well, it when everyone says, "I oh, watch favorites no worship your favorite? What's your favorite Tarantino? Um, I always go Inglorious Bastards, and everyone's like, oh, "I'm gonna be like, why?"
0: I always forget that this is a Tarantino. Film. I
1: think it's because it's, it's the it's the one where I first went, "Fuck!" Like I like this. Mm-hmm. I like that it's style. I like no. Well, it's
0: right up your street because you love anything World War Two.
1: Yeah, I guess there is that too. Um... I just think the whole film's fucking beautiful and I love how Tarantino brings yes. a lot of his old characters and we'll, get, we'll touch that when we get to like Hateful Eight because I think it runs backwards but yeah. like how every character is somehow connected in the Quentin Tarantino timeline I love this, that stuff this like is that the sort of
0: thing it, that you'll notice and learn if, if you get involved in the Tarantino universe is that, that all, the, all these characters exist in the same universe and so you'll say like for example Michael Madsen's Mr. Blonde character, Vic Vega, is supposed to be the brother of Vincent Vega, John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. So there's all those sorts of little subtle links.
1: It's, kind of, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing with Miramax. It's a Kevin Smith thing too. I like throughout the whole entire film franchise, his universe, all his characters linked together. I think that's yeah. fucking brilliant. Um, but yeah, in Glorious Bastards, um
0: Hell yeah.
1: Fucking brilliant, isn't it? Um, I think Brad Pitt plays fucking brilliant in anything that's World War II. Fury being another one that he's fucking brilliant in. Um, great actor throughout of it, up, up until his like final scene, where he's trying to, they, they're trying to like, play Italian or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he's supposed to be bad at it.
1: That's what I mean. Like, I don't think Brad Pitt could play an Italian, though, either way. He's look, he just no. looks too macho in this This is in the thing scene.
0: with Brad Pitt that I've only really realised since getting into film a lot more, is that I always saw him as just you know, the classic Hollywood star and, like, you just, he's just in films because he's Brad Pitt, but he actually is such a great actor.
1: Yeah, I know, he's phenomenal.
0: Like, I, I've I never think, really paid attention to him before. There's, he's there's, there's so a
1: thing great. when it comes to like that, like, Tom Cruise, I think Tom Cruise gets acting gigs, not just because he's a sign but just Tom Cruise gets acting gigs <laughs> because he's Tom Cruise. He doesn't get yeah. acting, it, Like, I wouldn't say he's fucking brilliant. Like but, he, you
0: see with Tom Cruise, you see him in a film and it's Tom Cruise, no matter who he's playing. He just is... I think you could tell you that about Brad Miles, Pitt though, and Tom you tell about
1: Johnny Depp the same thing. I feel like they're, they're so big stars now. You just see him as that, but I, it's hard to say because I favour Johnny Depp and I favour like mm-hmm. Brad yeah, Pitt too. over like over actors like Tom Cruise. But so like, say like, while
0: I'm watching Inglorious Bastards, I can believe that Brad Pitt is his character.
1: Yeah, but then you watch For another Sky or like Mission Impossible, and I can believe that Tom Cruise is like a, a spy. not like it.
0: Mm,
1: that's just I a, guess so. that's just credit in their acting skills at all. Um, but no, yeah, I think it's because we enjoy Brad Pitt films more. We enjoy that character yeah, plays more.
0: more. Our vibe.
1: Um, obviously, Christopher Waltz, absolutely phenomenal. Christoph. I think Christoph. All right, <laughs> just, <laughs> I think that he steals that film away from everybody else. He blows everybody I, I, I else out of the water. I think he's meant to be the lead, and he's not. Brad's meant to be the lead throughout the whole entire film. I think. Oh, what's her name? the uh, The female lady.
0: Oh, I can't. I don't know her actual name. I know her name's Shoshana.
1: Shoshana. But the way, anyway, I think she's meant to... It, it, I think you struggle to find out who the lead is in that film because it, it does, switch, it does a Tarantino thing. thing where it switches stories quite regularly.
0: Because we watched the trailer, didn't we? And I was like, how come the whole trailer's about Brad Pitt's storyline when they're barely in it, really? Even, oh yeah, even though the films named after them, you don't
1: see a lot about the bastards, and like which, a
0: lot of the marketing. So that's there.
1: the other thing that I'd like to see about *Inglourious*. I would have liked to see the run. We, we see the new introduction. We see a few scalpings of what the bastards are known for. Yeah. But we really don't get. To, and that's. I guess that's maybe a Quentin thing that it kind of keeps you guessing. We don't actually see anything like I don't know any of their come up as such. We just get told they get dropped into an area. We see one scene where they're scalping, and we first meet Badu.
0: Well, this is, a thing because in that documentary, the guy, again, whose name I can't remember because I'm terrible, but the guy who plays the bear Jew was saying that the, the read-through. That guy, like, Quentin was going through, okay, what show backstory? How do you feel about being in the Bastards? Like, why are you here? And there was one guy who hadn't, like, prepared anything. I hadn't got a backstory for his character no, ready. And he yeah. got fired off the shoot. And the bear Jew guy was like, and he was just an extra. <laughs> and so they were expected to have built this character up, even though that whole storyline wasn't in the film, which I thought you know, was quite cool. But
1: then it gets to show that... I mean, if I, if I turn it to a film set and you've not learn your lines or you've not learn about anything backstory, are back story, but like, well, she clearly doesn't care, so you get the fuck off my set. Yeah. Like, I kind of understand that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think he is a very... He, he is a very to the point, Tarantino. If you've not learned something, you're not... Even, I, I, I vaguely remember something about Brad Pitt and Fury, and it kind of links onto that in a second. Oh, but really? in Fury, like... One of the characters, um, whether it be, uh, what's his name? Holes, who oh, am I thinking of? Shia, LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. There we go. So he does a lot of like method acting, in quotation marks. Okay. And I think I've read somewhere that Shia LaBeouf and Brad Pitt didn't shower for like four weeks straight or something hmm. like that to get into the character. Yeah. So I like that about certain films. I'm not sure if that's the extent that Tarantino went to with Inglorious, but I like that... That is what method acting. So basically telling on yeah. set up and set and like, right, tell me your backstory. How do you feel about it? this, that, and all I like that. It gets the characters involved more. Um, and I, I dare say somewhere that probably like Christoph probably didn't break character or something like that to try and keep it. There is one scene. Who is it? They, didn't, they said they didn't speak to him for the whole thing. Yeah.
0: So it's the scene where they're at the cinema for the premiere of the film. And Diane Kruger said that like, she hadn't even seen Christoph's character up until that point. And so there's a scene where he comes over and he's trying to make a break, really, and like really putting the pressure on her about you can the storyline.
1: I don't think we saw it when we first slowed it down, but in the the sort of like... Basically, they go into... What's her name now, the fucking French woman? Shoshana. Shoshana, whatever her name is, whatever her acting character name is. Uh, she, the, she's got a cinema, they're going into the, the Nazi party, take over the cinema, she's going to burn it down. Now, Christoph, like... I think he kind of knows, but Diane, then she, you can see on camera that when he he goes through this like laughing, morig morale, kind of like a joke. That's the thing. thing. So
0: he's putting the pressure on Diane Kruger and then he goes off and like hysterically laughing.
1: And then you can see the camera turns back to Diane, and In you can see eye she's eye. like <laughs> she's trying not to laugh. You can see the smirk on Brad's face as well. It's mm-hmm. like one of those things that I don't think you realize when you're first watching it because she's so showing growth like Christoph's performance, and yeah. then you, and then you rewatch it and you're like, I'm gonna make. You can clearly see those characters, like characters about so to. So you break get a like
0: a genuine reaction to the character, which is cool. But um, yeah, that whole I, I think Kim um, this sort of like reignited Christoph Waltz's career. I don't think he'd really been in that much that had been a huge success film wise up until that point.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm looking for his filmography here. There's nothing. He's been in a shit ton, but there's nothing realistically that I think. Okay, I'd know him for. Um,
0: he was so great. he didn't. That the character was solid the whole way through, and you're scared of him, and he's, you don't know what he's like, going to do. I'm,
1: I'm going to point it out there. Spectre and Django—it's the same thing. He plays very some. He, he plays that sort of, I dare say, villain, aggravated villain aspect.
0: He, it he does villain very well, but he does nice guy very well, like in Django.
1: He's very like. I don't know. I think he's. Just, I think it's just a credit to his acting skill, probably.
0: Also, I did a, a bit of reading, and he is fluent in French.
1: Maybe that's why they chose
0: him. Yeah. Because, I, I, think, um, I think
1: there's a good stuff in that, Q, in that QTA where they, see, they speak about why they chose him. I think it's is it because of that.
0: because oh, really?
1: fluent French. Yeah, because it's saying... again well, like, two-thirds of the
0: film's in a foreign language.
1: The woman that I can't find a name for, whatever her name is... What, Shoshana. Shoshana, whatever the fucking name is. Um, didn't she speak, like, fluent French or something? Like, is she a French actor? Uh, but there was, I'm saying. sure I watched something in QTA that said, like, uh, Tarantino spent like a week straight trying to like in France or something or, or somewhere trying to find like fluent actors. Um, I, I, it's either have a his story or Christoph's story, like one of the two.
0: But um, I know that Quentin said again that if he hadn't have found Christoph, that he wouldn't have made the film because he couldn't find anybody to play that character.
1: Wasn't I? Don't know if it was meant. He was Tarantino was meant to play something in *Inglorious Bastards*.
0: Oh, really? Well, he he does in most of his films.
1: I dare say that he was going to play that role or something. I don't know. But yeah, I
0: found a name, Melanie Laurent, who plays Shoshana.
1: Is she French? Don't
0: know. (laughs) Um, She must be because. um, Yes, I'm going to say yes. Oh,
1: she's there, yeah. Yeah, she's got a hyphen. Yeah, French actress, singer, and pianoist. So yeah, she's fucking brilliant in it. Um, Recently, she's been in uh, Six Underground Netflix film, and then Now You See Me. Which is also quite. Uh, Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't.
0: But I really love her in that. I think she's great.
1: So yeah, English bastards, awesome film. You should watch it. Uh, We've done a very good job beating it down, but yeah, it's a great film if you like World War Two stuff. You like Tarantino? Even,
0: even if you take out the Tarantino bit, it's a great war film. As a different take, different Mm. side of. But no, but you're thinking of war film, doesn't? You're like out there in the field, all that sort of action vibe. Whereas this is, it's more.
1: No, none of it's like historically true.
0: Oh no, I'm not saying it's historically accurate, but none if, of it would if ever you happen. like that vibe. If, All right. if, if you like war films, but you're not bothered about it being if like historically films, you, correct. If you
1: like fictional war films, <laughs> yeah, you'll enjoy it. Regardless if you a to fan or not. But it's definitely not a good war film. Don't say that.
0: Okay, scratch that. It's not a great war film, but it is a great film. Go watch
1: it. It's a good fictional war film, yes.
0: And then we're on to my favourite ones because I love Westerns so much and he does it so great. It's Django Unchained.
1: Again, I bought you this fucking years ago on Blu-ray. Literally probably like three years ago. As I do with most Western films, I buy it Yeah, You'll watch it once and then you'll just go and watch all these fucking black and white films that you've watched seven million times.
0: That's why everyone does and just go back to your old favourite.
1: So Django, you're going to have to fill me in because I, I like Django. I like the story of it. I got the general gist of the story. It's been a few years since I watched it. We probably should have watched it recently. Um, I like that it's shot. I think Django shot in Django shot in seventy as well. I think it's shot in seventy and not thirty-five.
0: I'm not sure. I know. Hateful Eight's 70.
1: Yeah, Hateful Eight's definitely seventy. We'll go. With, we'll, we'll go with it being seventy. Um, essentially, it's not even a slave story, really. No, in fact, that's what it is. It's not a story about slavery. It's about it's about a, a slave, slave, yeah. Which I, and it's not even about like black culture and like anything no. to do with that it's, it's about one slave story and it's a love story that's what it is that's no, what I like is about it this it is the thing
0: it's a love story it's about one guy going to save his girl and running off into the sunset together yeah it's
1: got absolutely not, and people depict it so wrong
0: I think people try and to take it too far and don't this take it what it is this is the thing
1: is. with filming cinema though why the hell do people right you're watching something that's fictional Fictional, it's on a screen. Why do people then need to take it I to think the next it, level? I
0: think it's just an, an actual thing for people to do based on the setting that it's in and the time period. Yeah, but films. I can film. there's, Tar- there's
1: a Tarantino reference out there about that. But films, film like it's not set in stone. Like film is whatever you think it is, and if you've got the big enough fucking steel boss to put that on the screen, then mm-hmm. fair play to you. Like half the slasher films that we've seen or half such films that are out there or the or, you know horror films or even Serbian films like you know what I mean someone's had that vision someone's put it on the screen someone's made it like even like unrated stuff so yeah. fair fucking play you've got to be weird enough to watch some of the old school weird like I'm talking you've got to be fucked in the head to watch some of the old <laughs> weird stuff but somebody's got out there and to a make it so fair enough to them film's film it's fictional like take it for what it is just fucking yeah. dope uh, yeah that annoys me we so can make like a whole podcast about that
0: if you've not watched Django and you're going to watch it then view it as a love story and not someone who's trying to demolish slavery it's not that sort of vibe
1: uh, we rave about this on uh, Galleria oh dear Jamie Foxx oh Jamie Fox, yeah.
0: he, he is so super cool in it as
1: well I think he's just good Baby Driver we've not a seen Soul operator. Uh, he is in Soul but yeah Baby Driver is fucking brilliant and Spider-Man
0: everyone's so great in this film again Leonardo DiCaprio smashes it out of the park. Christoph Waltz smashes it out of the park. Everybody is Samuel so Dickson. on point.
1: Tommy Jackson steals that performance I think. The yeah, old guy. I think I really enjoy in this. Um, another bit of a trivia fact: uh, Leonardo didn't want to say the word. I'm not going to say it because we'll get like demonized. But the the N word. Um, which is so derogatory, I think. Unfortunately, um, but then
0: Samuel think, Jackson sort of told him that it was fine, and it was like this is the thing. That's, is- that's
1: why I say it's unfortunate because I think it's part of Black heritage culture. Um, but it's unfortunate that the twenty—I'm I'm not going to say the twenty-first century—the uh, modern society adapted it in a way that's derogatory to other people. Um, and it's used in hateful formats. So yeah, we're not going to. So, I'm not want to go on that So we'll get cancelled for saying no, something that. No, but one say of the
0: all. biggest things that came out after the release of this film was everybody was complaining because of the amount of times that the n word was used. Yes, correct. But like Samuel Jackson and Jamie and Jamie Fox say, like,
1: <laughs> there, is, there's no point yeah. being
0: politically correct about it. Like, the, it's it's the time period. It's just like you know. I think i, I guess, really take to say there's
1: any podcast or review that doesn't mention this because I think it's such a, like, hot point. Yeah. But yeah, the, the use of the n word is quite strong in this one. So if you're against that, I don't know why you would, but if you're against that use, then don't watch it. Um, but yeah, Django, fantastic films, brilliant story, incredible acting. Um, again, what we see from Tarantino, the follow-up of characters that come throughout its films. Do go into his, uh, you know, his older stuff. Arguably, one of the better Tarantino films for me, um, just because it feels more polished.
0: I do feel like it's a tiny bit long for me.
1: I mean, that is the other thing I don't like films that are over too. Harsh. But
0: it's not a complete shot to get to the end, and it's worth getting to the end.
1: No, I think I, I mean, I, think I, I say I've done it with you out, without falling asleep, so which is yeah. a current occurrence of film.
0: <laughs> Definitely.
1: I say, you know, if I tell if I like a film, I fall asleep on it.
0: But um, you were saying that this is one of your favourite soundtracks.
1: Yeah, no, I'd love to own this on vinyl. Fucking brilliant. The other the good thing that Tarantino does, we're not touched on throughout his films, is the musicality
0: sound. of the scenes and the way that he does it is so you great. you said
1: Reservoir Dogs, he spent like half the budget on music or something.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Or I,
1: one of them.
0: I think it was a radio interview, and I didn't actually listen to the interview, but I, listened, I saw the like the advert that they play, and he was saying that a lot of the budget of Reservoir Dogs went on the music, and I think it's worth every penny it's cool AF just the whole musicality no, yeah,
1: of it I like it I think throughout Tarantino's career he's always got cool soundtracks and cool music that's what I like about the book too is that he's very stylized. you have a love and him hating hate him for that so yeah music wise throughout his whole entire filmography is fucking brilliant fair play to the book
0: um, I'm sure everybody has said about the Leonardo DiCaprio and the broken glass but just in case you haven't oh yeah it's a cool scene there's a dinner dinner party scene where um, basically the whole thing is because Django is trying to get his is love Broomhilda back. They've been split up, and Broomhilda is currently at Leonardo DiCaprio or Calvin Candy's plantation, and so um, King Schultz and Django go and try and get Broomhilda back from Leonardo DiCaprio's house, and they're at the they're at the point where they're sort of nearly there, aren't they? But Leonardo DiCaprio's cottoning on to what's going off, especially Samuel Jackson sort of knows why they're there. And it all kick, it all kicks off, although I can't really remember what kicks it off. And Leonardo DiCaprio smashes a glass down on the table and cuts his hand. And so there's like blood running all blood over too. his hand. Oh, yeah.
1: There's not like a short amount of blood.
0: And that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> so he very definitely, for real, cuts his hand and he carries on with the scene, doesn't he, which adds Eddie, a whole yeah. extra grit to that scene of like, don't fuck with him.
1: And which like, I, like. I think be... I don't know. Leo's got a bit of a darker side to him. I think we'll see
0: He can bring there. it for the darker characters when he wants to. Like, you're scared of him in this film. You don't know what he's going to do. I think, you know, you're just supposed to think that he, does, that he is sort of, he doesn't really know what's going on and that you can just sort of slide in there past him and all, not have a clue. But um, I think that scene's the turning point where you know that this is actually a very dangerous guy. And
1: then you see the with blood and gone the shoe eyes, probably fucking doing it. I wonder
0: caliber. how they shot that. I wonder if they had to do it all in one because they, they absolutely wrecked that set to the point where I don't probably know how not. you'd build it again.
1: Probably not. There'll be some, some sort of Hollywood career, some weird choice that, I don't know, they figured out how to do. Mm. Definitely not. It's not a 1970 you think
0: No, I guess not.
1: So, yeah, moving on. Hateful Eight.
0: Hateful Eight, the banger because, again, I love my westerns. I don't know how you feel about this film. I don't know if you like it or not.
1: Uh, Kurt Russell Samuel Jackson what's not to love Um, yeah no I enjoy it I think that it just kind of it goes full circle doesn't it I think we spotted this yesterday really it goes full circle to Reservoir
0: Dogs yeah it's a bit of a mirror image to Reservoir Dogs
1: which I like because it's basically a mirror it's like basically a Reservoir Dogs if you enjoy Reservoir Dogs you'll enjoy Headplay and it's just shot in reverse order in a different time period yeah so yeah, nothing else I can really say to it unless you've got anything, the facts about it. I enjoyed it. It was all right. Another Western. I think it's very stylised. Shot in 70. Looks gorgeous. Cinematography's brilliant. What's his
0: name now? Who makes an appearance in it? Oh God. Channing Tatum.
1: Oh, I... I, I he, he... I think he was left out a lot of it. Channing Tatum's a fucking brilliant actor anyway. Um,
0: play as an outlaw for about 10 minutes. in <laughs> Great.
1: Probably. I don't know which which he shot first. Hateful Eight or... Um, What's the, what's the big thing he starred in with you on a hill what is it
0: 21 Jump Street
1: right number two he, he plays a um, thingy number two doesn't he? no he doesn't play number two. What? Do you, oh, uh, Kingsman he plays a, a western guy in Kingsman doesn't he
0: oh yeah he plays like the cowboy yeah, Texan yeah, yeah. guy so I wonder
1: if he got that like, film off the back of that or maybe I don't know one of the two but yeah Chinese cool I like
0: him um, the thing I love about Haightful like, it's a sort of Who Done It sort of vibe isn't it
1: the cast is very small it's like 12 people
0: yeah basically Kurt Russell is a bounty hunter who's Taken is it Jennifer Jason Leigh? Her character, I can't remember her name I think it might be Daisy but is taken her on her way to be hanged in town and they stop off at this haberdashery in the middle of nowhere that's, that's stuck in the snow Yeah. And they bump into Tim Roth, Michael Madsen I can't remember who else is there oh the old guy the old guy in the chair, the old army guy but I can't remember his name, he's been in loads of western things and sort of oh, yeah. Normally plays a bad guy. This is the you
1: like question, but I can't think of his
0: name. <laughs> I got It's something bit, and I think that'd be
1: like me forgetting Ridley Scott's name.
0: I want to say um, I don't. I'm not going to try and think of his name, but he is there, and they're all sort of settling in. Samuel Jackson's there, and then there's another guy, but I can't remember why. Why is he? <laughs> This isn't going. All,
1: most of them are like bounty hunters, anyway.
0: Yeah, and so it's they're all, all there, all stranded in this haberdashery, and the. The coffee ends up being poisoned, and no one knows who's poisoning the coffee. They all start slowly succumbing. Well, I think Kurt Russell succumbs to the poisonous coffee, and then they all sort of lay off it. But they know that but there's a bad egg, a, egg amongst them.
1: From what I can remember, it's quite a comedic way that it happens. And oh he yeah, dropped dead or something, fucking stupid. Like oh that.
0: no, he's like vomiting blood up for like five minutes. I, I'm sure one of them and dropped sort of dead like or having something.
1: a at him. I think, or I think of something else, but I think it's done in a very comedic way.
0: Yeah it is, because he's you know, he's still sort of having a go and shouting at everybody and saying who's done it and all that sort of thing. So it is very comedic. Um so that's why it's sort of a whodunit. And spoiler alert, they all die in the end. As in Reservoir Dogs, apart from Steve Buscemi who manages to run away with the diamonds. But, and um,
1: uh Roger caught two moffs in it too. Again.
0: Yeah, I think I so, said Tim Roth. Yeah. Which is a f- fun fact, Tim Roth was saying that his character in Hateful Eight is supposed to be the great, great I wanna say great again grandfather of Michael Fassbender's character in Inglorious Bastards.
1: This is the thing, I like it. there you can jump by way more Tarantino films. Um I think we've covered most of them. And you you gave your favourite?
0: Wait, we haven't done Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, I which don't... I know you don't want to get time at eighty. Gosh I oh.
1: I struggled with this film so much because when I first watched it, I had no fucking clue about the Manson family at all. I didn't even know who they were. Mm. I didn't know what they did or do. Like, it is... It so thing, I think me it's probably be, it, more it, it everything It gripes me because I'm just America. like, one of them films, I'm like... I, it gives no explanation to what it is. And then you watch it and you be like, uh, what? Like, if you, if you didn't know the Manson family, this I think I've said this before online... If you didn't know the Manson family and what they did and the whole cultish sh- mm. shenanigans or whatever, if you went in blind to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you would have no fucking idea what's going on because I didn't. So if you did, then fair. No, but they do, they do
0: sort of put it out there that you know it is a cult. Yeah, but the,
1: but it and... just it, I don't think it makes any like when I rewatched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood after I knew the Manson incidents, mm-hmm. it made so much more sense.
0: Well, yeah.
1: So. I just believe if you're Tarantino, you did a shit job of explaining that. For, yeah, but, new, for new people who, like it, it again, in the Tarantino way, it's stylised, it's shot beautifully, it looks great. However, great acting, but however, if you didn't understand the Manson family incident, I don't think the film makes any sense.
0: No, well, this is a thing because I sort of watched it and I didn't really know why I was there watching it because I couldn't figure out what the story was supposed to be and why I was supposed to be there.
1: That's precisely the point. And then it lost my attention. Then I think I watched like 45 minutes of it the first time. I was like, no.
0: I can see I can see where it was going and how the characters sort of overlap. But for me, it just do not really click in the same way that a lot of his films do. But again, I, like, I still like watching it because all the actors are great. It looks fantastic. Music's great. Costumes are great. Like the whole, it helps because it's so stylized. So for me, it's still worth a watch because of how it looks.
1: I'm Margot Robbie.
0: I'm <laughs> Margot Robbie. But pit
1: um, I'm, I'm, I'm Brad Pitt. I'm,
0: looks fit in this. Wait, hang on, on a minute.
1: Don't be saying that. I'm going to buy his Pitbull.
0: Oh, Pitbull brandy.
1: Yeah, the little... That's little, lovely. His yeah. doggy.
0: Oh, yeah, brandy's great as well. But, um... Certainly watch it for all that, but you'll not have a clue what's going, what's no, going
1: I, on. I strongly believe if you don't know the Manson stuff and you watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you'd be so confused with what's happening. I don't think you'd understand it at all. Um, again, he gets gaslighted because it's Tarantino. This is my problem with Tarantino, and we'll get into it, ending close to ending the podcast.
0: Well, because it's supposed to be so great, because it's
1: he get, Tarantino gets so gaslighted by everybody. It was like, oh my fucking god, Tarantino! Oh my god, blah, blah, blah. right? He's done some fucking brilliant films but there's no doubt in hell there are some films that are questionable and people might say that about Engrossed Bastards, but i definitely say that about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But
0: people, we're all still supposed to love it because Tarantino.
1: There is that, yeah. But then, I, I don't know. I think I struggle with Tarantino. I, I like him. I'm not about to shit on him. He's the godfather of like film and cinema because everybody like, I don't understand where he is. I'll just put that out of Like, I like him. I like his films, but there is plenty of people, Nolan, for example, like who I much rather prefer films of. Um, he's very opinionated that's made me grab with the chance you know he's like it's my way or the highway situation
0: but also there's not really that many directors out there that have a following like he does like people will watch a film just because he's done it and I don't
1: no yeah
0: yeah you know they're, they're very like religious about following him but and there's not really that many old people out there that I can think of the only other person that I could think of that we watch a film just because it's his film is Christopher Nolan Kevin Smith yeah, but like, I can't really think of anyone else I think of quite a few, do but
1: it's a Quentin Tarantino podcast, not a other
0: film. I know, part. but I'm just thinking for the for the general public, mainstream, you know.
1: The difference is, I think it's because he's come from rags to riches, a fair play to what yeah. he's done. Uh, he's got a big film following, he is a great director. I just jump on the bandwagon of that he gets so overly hyped that... He'll create a mm. shit film. I think and that was the problem. Still love it.
0: That was the problem for me with Once Upon, a Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It was so hyped, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to see this film." We didn't, it's watch, be we fantastic. didn't watch it in cinema, We
1: didn't. No,
0: we didn't. But it was like you know, so built up, and it was going to be so fantastic. You saw all the shots of Leonardo and Brad Pitt driving down the street in Hollywood, filming it, and it was all decked out for the 1969 setting. And it, you know, they built you right up there, and then you watched it, and it was like, "Oh my god, what?"
1: So yeah, I didn't enjoy it. Anyway, I'm looking at his IMDb. Uh, Kill Bill Volume 3 is announced, apparently.
0: Is it?
1: I didn't know that either. Um, Django or Zorro in a comic book for 2022 has been announced, which might be quite cool for comic readers. I enjoy comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kill Bill Volume 3. Because I was about to say, after Once a Time in Hollywood, which was 2019, is there anything that's coming out recently? Um, so probably the next stuff is that comic. And then... There's, a, I think, there's a fifty. Uh, it quotes him here for 2021, a pandemic, fifty fans to celebrate fifty years of cinema. So he's probably going to be brung up in that. By the sounds of it, uh, I'll probably just wait out for Kill Volume Three, which you no know, could be quite cool. We'll see where that goes. Any thoughts? I like. Hang on, you never now.
0: told me about the feet thing.
1: Oh yeah, he's a little weird. Feet fetish, hasn't he?
0: Yeah, in a lot of films, he like, likes shots of bare feet for yeah. some reason
1: oh the dogs woke up um, so yeah he's got a bit of a like a, I don't know he's a bit <sighs> I
0: thought you were going to tell me why why the feet film...
1: well I don't know why I'm just saying there's a lot of fucking screenshots and stuff online about Tarantino and feet which is also, quite weird
0: also I, 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 don't, I don't want to spark too much of a conversation off with this but how do you feel about the violence controversy that he sparks about his films fucking love it so you the violence
1: have <laughs> yeah. at all do not have a problem with it at all If you can't handle violent cinema and you can't handle R-rated stuff, then why are you watching it? If a film has got an R rating of an 18 plus or whatever, why do you go and watch it and then moan about the profanity, the use of violence, the gore, you're expecting that, or else it wouldn't have got an 18 plus?
0: Oh, yeah. And also, people
1: forget that it's
0: not real. no one's saying that it's okay to go out and do that stuff it's not real it's a fictional story the people aren't real the the whole blood's not real the violence isn't real it's all just fictionalised but people like to take it and run I think as to why you shouldn't watch it but it's a film at the end of the day so that's my view on it as well I think but I can see why people would make that argument but
1: people are dumb Cinema, cinema, <laughs> enjoy for what it is. Bottom line. That's Simple the thing.
0: Go. Just enjoy a film for what it is. Don't think too much about it. Just especially a Tarantino. Just enjoy the experience. It's a story.
1: So ending thoughts. Tarantino's cool as fuck. <laughs> he makes some questionable stuff. But unfortunately, unfortunately, whichever way you look at it he has a cool film following and people will like it if I know what it is which I think is kind of cool for him but I don't think he, in his eyes he can't make a bad film and I think in like diehard Tarantino fans, mm. fans he can't make a bad film um, yeah. so yeah, I'm leaving on that any final words of Tarantino?
0: The same thing, I'm a big fan I think uh, I always will be that, that's just because I like his style I like the western inspiration I like the hyper stylized stuff that's just my sort of hype that I enjoy it takes me off to another universe that I like
1: I can take you so. all leaving
0: yeah, you can take them all even, but...
1: I'd rather just see Kill over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay, okay. peace. Um, see you on the next one. Don't know what it is. Not figured out yeah, yet. Yeah, thanks
0: for listening. Oh, I hope you like our new intro, by the way.
1: Oh, yeah, new intro. Um, and then check it out on Instagram. If you've got any recommendations for new, take part in our polls. We know we put up a poll uh, like once a week to try and
0: sort yeah. of narrow
1: down what we're going to talk about and what people want to talk about. Best way to do it, I think. Other Definitely. than that, see you guys. Bye.
0: Stay safe. Bye.